Uh, uh, that's joyful noise too. <laughs> the Lord God has given me the tongue of the land that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Please be seated. Amen. Tonight, I'm coming with a message titled, simply, All Things Under His Feet. All Things Under His Feet. And that's from Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verse 22 and 23. And he put all things under his feet. God put all things under his feet and gave him to be head. So he put all things under his feet and then he gave Jesus to be head. That was given to Jesus to be head over all things. To the church. So Jesus is the head of the church. God gave him that. Which is his body. The fullness of him. So the church is his body. And causes the fullness of him. Who fills all in all. So Jesus. The body of Christ. That's us. That's the way God wants it. For us. He is the head, but we feel all in all. Think about the privilege. God sees us as one with his son. He is the head, and we are his body. You can separate a man's head from his body. They're one. But God has put all things, listen to me, all things under his feet. And then we are part of him, and so all things have been put under our feet as well. A man's head is not his feet, amen? The body, that's part of his feet. All things are under our feet. But then God went further. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 8, it says, You have, speaking to God, you have put all things in subjection under his feet. It's one thing to put things under his feet. It's another thing to put all things. Now, all things in subjection. All things in subjection. That's all things under his power. All things under his control. All things under his dominion. He has put all things. It says, for you, that's God. Put all things in subjection under his feet. And we are his body. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing. He's telling you again. He left nothing. Absolutely nothing. That is not put under him. And the Bible is talking about before Christ. It's talking about when Christ rose from the dead. He ascended and sat at the Father's right hand. So what is he telling us? Before Jesus died and rose from the dead, all things were not under. Hello. 
But now, after his resurrection, that's why we preach, Paul talks about in, in Romans chapter 10, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. They raised him from the dead and then God gave him. He had the right to put all things under his dominion. After he said on the cross, it is finished. All things under his dominion. And left nothing. Absolutely nothing that was not put under him. But then he says, but now we do not yet see all things put under him. He seems to us as believers that we really don't have control. <laughs> he seems to us that there are certain things that we just don't have power over. He seems to us that we are his body. And God has already, in God's mind, everything is under his feet. Not just under his feet. I know we dance himself, all things are under, but under subjection, dominion. That means if we are part of his body, all these things that have been put under him, they are under our dominion. They are. But then he went further. That's according to Pastor Goodluck. <laughs> For he must reign for he must, so he says, we don't see all things under him right now, but he's reigning. Because he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. So whether you feel like you are not, he's reigning. He must reign. And he means the head and the body. According to the scriptures, he must reign till he has put all things under his feet. It's like he's put things under his feet, but he's going to put things, all things. And then God says, the last enemy that will be destroyed so, when it's an enemy, when he's put under his feet, that enemy is destroyed. The last enemy that will be destroyed is what? Death. That's one of the things that we don't yet see in our experience under his feet. But the rest of them, they're already under his feet. All things. You know what all things means? All of your troubles. That's the thing. Sickness. Cancer. Pain. Sorrows. All things under our dominion. God has put that in us. He must reign till he has. Reigning belongs to the believers. That's the way God wants it. We are to reign on earth. 
Not as kings and presidents. We're talking spiritually. We have control. We can change nations. We can change things. The Bible tells, me, tells us, ask of me. And I'll give you the nations for an inheritance. He didn't say you become president, but you have control from where you are because all things have been put under your feet. All things have been put under your feet. Sunday, I'm coming to the same message, but different title. But the way we look at things that have been put under our feet, what's the implication of that for us? As believers today, how should we position ourselves so that we can truly live? A lot of Christians are not living. They are reading with worry and fears and pains and uncertainties. How can all things be under your feet and you're not able to sleep at night because of worry? Did God lie? I'm coming. In Psalm 110, verse 2, it says, The Lord shall send the rod of his strength. Guess who the rod of his strength is? That's the Lord, Jesus. The road of his strength out of Zion. Zion means the church. God will send the road of his strength. The rod of Jesse. Out of Zion. And then he says, rule where? In the midst of the enemies. God says you can have the enemies all around, but you are still reigning. You are still ruling in the midst of the enemy. Because of the power of the blood over your life. Nothing goes past that blood. Nothing. You are totally protected. You may be surrounded by enemies all around, but you are covered and you have dominion over all of these forces that are coming against your life, against your finances, against your family, against your marriage, against your health, all of it. If we will only believe. Rule in the midst of the enemies. That's why David said it very clearly. The Lord will prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. They are all around. All they can do is stare at me while I enjoy from my father's table. They can't touch me. Uh, Can't touch this. (laughs) I just don't want to do this. (laughs) All right. Can't touch this. All right. You can laugh at me, but that was a song. I enjoyed that song. As soon as I heard it, usually I don't listen to, oh, uh, that's an unbelieving song. But I like that can't touch this. Because that's me. Can't touch this. I belong to the Lord. All those devils now, they can only look at me and say, we don't like you. And I go back, I don't like you either. But rule, reign. 
rule in the midst of the enemies. Everything that's coming against your life is an enemy. Everything that's trying to diminish your joy and your health, coming against your family, coming against your body, your life, your marriage, whatever it is, is the enemy. Notice death is an enemy. So anything that reduces life in your life, that reduces your pleasure, your joy, because it came that you might have life and have it more abundantly, if anything comes against you, regardless of where it's coming from, if it's going to reduce your joy, my joy I give to you, Jesus said, then it's from the enemy. And guess what God says? Those things are under your feet. And you have dominion over them. You have dominion over them. You really do. You really do. You see, the reason is we are part of him. When the devil sees you, he sees Christ. That's why we are called Christians. Little Christ walking around. You remember every time Jesus shows up in the, in the synagogue, those demons begin to cry. Have you come to destroy us before the time? That should be what happens when we believe God. They start manifesting as soon as they see you coming. They recognize you. Because they know you have dominion over them. It's just that we don't know. And my people perish for lack of knowledge. We don't know what God's done for us. He's given us everything. Now, at the end of the message, I wanted, I wanted to say this, but I don't know how much time I have. But let me tell you, we are called to sit with Christ at the right hand of the Father. Angels are not permitted to even go near. They have their eyes, read Isaiah chapter 6, they have their eyes closed, covered with their feathers, not to look. If we can only understand what God has given to us, we will lose our fear. That's why the Bible says, God has not given us the spirit of fear. What he has given to us is the spirit of power, love. We can love and have a sound mind. Have a sound mind. My mind is sound. I want to be as sound-minded as uh, Larry's dad when I'm 93. Amen. Larry's dad told the doctor before they went to operation, he said, now, nah, <coughs> do a good job because uh, in a few weeks' time, I have to make some presentation. He's not planning to die. Everybody's worried. He's not thinking about that. His presentation is very important. So, doctor, you better do a good job. I'm coming back. Amen. Because he's been a believer. Amen. We are right in God. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And don't forget all of his benefits. He renews our strength as the eagles. It's so, so important. Listen to this. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9. It says, for in him, in Jesus, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Basically, when you see Jesus, you've seen God. That's God in body form. That's what you're looking at. 
Every time you take a look at Jesus, you're looking at God in body form. That's why he said in John chapter 14 to, to Philip, why are you asking to see the Father? Don't you realize when you look at me, you've seen God? He says, now you have seen the Father. And they went, oh, God, you, yeah. But the Bible tells us here, he is, for in him dwells. Basically, when you see Jesus, the, that's the dwelling place of the God that created the whole world. That's God. He, for in him dwells all the fullness. Listen, all the fullness. No subtraction. No addition. It's the fullness, all the fullness of the Godhead, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit bodily, in body form. And then look at what it says. And you are what? Completing Him. You can say, I don't feel complete. Uh, That's your opinion. Uh, That has nothing to do with God. And He doesn't care about your opinion. He says you are complete in him. Say it with me. I am complete in God. You really mean that? You are not talking like you really believe that. If you are truly believing, then you know when you see me, you see my master. Amen. That's why Peter's shadow will heal the sick. And the people knew it. They said, hey, Peter... Can you just walk by? We believe your shadow will heal the sick. Greater things than this shall you do. Because I go to my father. His shadow of a man, a fisherman. Because God has given him dominion. And he has dominion over all things. Including sickness. To the point where his shadow heals. And yeah, we're Christians, we're wondering, will God heal? Shadow healing. We ought not to struggle. He gave all of us dominion. Every believer. And you are complete in him. If you say you are not complete in him, then you are making God a liar. God sees you as complete in him. Because you accepted Jesus as the Son of God. And Jesus said it in John chapter 14. He said, in that day, at that day you will know that I am in the Father. The Father is in me. You in me. And I in you. Kind of one. And he meant everything he was saying. If you read in John chapter 10, Jesus made a a statement. He said... If he calls them God, gods, unto whom the word of God has come. So God calls you that's hearing, that hearing his word right now, he calls you gods. That's his opinion. That's what Jesus said. And he says, so you're saying I'm blaspheming, blaspheming because I say I am the son of God, meaning I am God. Even those that is what, from the Old Testament, 
even those, Teresa, would you put that up for me? It's uh, John chapter 10, verse 34. Even those to whom the word came, if he does God, capitalize, if he called them gods. So somewhere, God has called you, who's hearing his word, God. You may not feel like God, but God says you are God. And he doesn't want to know anything about your feelings. I'm not saying, someone said, Pastor, good luck said we are God. No, God said so. If you have a fight, go fight with him. And when God says something, that's what it is. I usually joke and say, this is Wednesday. If God now says, hey, fellows, uh, it's Sunday. Guess what it is? Even if it's not, don't argue with him or try to correct him. It's already Sunday. Everything has shifted. Because he said so. God told Moses, I have made you a God to Pharaoh. And guess what he was? A God to Pharaoh. Moses will never even speak to Pharaoh. Before, when he wants to talk to Pharaoh, he asks his prophet, uh, his brother Aaron, tell him. He won't talk to Pharaoh. Pharaoh was too small. (laughs) Pharaoh was too small because Pharaoh was a type of the devil. Talk to him. That's what he's made us. Listen. He says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6, And raise us up together. God in his mind... You can't see it. He's outside time. The way I see it in my mind, God's way out here, and here is the little earth and the big sun. He's way out there. And you are having your night and day and night. He's looking at everything that's going on. He is in one perfect day. You are the one having nights for sleep and all of that. He's out of it. That's that little, little ball out there. He's way out there. And yet we are so precious to him. And yet he loves us so much. And cares so much for us. That he, this great God, will give his life for you and I. God cannot do a thing like that for nothing. No. God cannot go through that pain and then allow you to go through pain. The reason why we go through that. Is because we don't know all that is made available to us. And when we know, we argue against it and fight against it. And we call ourselves all kinds of names. I am whatever. Some Christians say that they are sinners. Saved by grace. How can you be a sinner if you are already saved? God doesn't call you sinner. He calls you saints. <coughs> Paul wrote to the saints. Dead people don't read. He wrote to the saints. To the saints in Ephesus. And to the saints in Cyprus. Amen. He writes. 
And he wants them to read. You're going to wake somebody up who's been dead in Cyprus and say, Paul has a letter for you. Please read. He writes to the saints. And we are. God calls us saints. He made us to sit. He raised us up together and made us. God, just as he put all things under Jesus' feet, God himself made us to sit in a place of authority at the right hand of the Father. That's a position of power over the universe. Because who, the one who created the universe sits at the right hand of the Father. And we are seated with him. And then we talk about poor little me. No. As the man thinks in his heart, so is he. That's why the Bible tells us in Romans 14, uh, chapter, uh, uh, chapter 12, he says, be renewed in your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let your mind think and accept what God says. What I found is accept what God says even when you don't understand it. And it will transform you. Agree with God. And then you walk like God. Because how can two walk together unless they are in agreement? Even if you don't understand it, agree with what he's saying. Others may disagree and refuse what God said because to them it doesn't make sense. But first, that's okay. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14 says, The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. They are spiritually designed. God opens a man's eyes to see. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. When you know the truth, you don't have to be afraid of demons anymore. They see you come in, and they say, here comes trouble. And they're asking, what, are, what is he up to now? Every morning when you wake up, tell yourself, the, the trouble giver for devils is waking up right now. You remember something? Every time something wakes up from sleep, the cockroaches, they're gone. Remember that? Because he had the anointing, just like you have. They want to trap him. But once he, he, he rises up from this, oh my gosh, they all scatter. You have that power in you. God has called us. What we need is the revelation of what God has done for us. We need that revelation. And that's the, the scripture that talks about putting all things on thy feet, that's what it start, where Paul started. And I like what he says. I need to go to that because it's so important. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith, that's in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and what? And your love for all the saints. I wanted to stop there. Because the reason why a lot of Christians cannot experience the power of God, they don't understand this other part. 
love for all your Christian brothers. Love. In their time, they didn't just speak about their faith in God. They also spoke about their love for the brethren. You can read through the scriptures. Paul said it many times. And John also said it. So that tells you how important to God this is. To love the brethren. Paul wasn't just waiting to hear about their faith in God. He also wanted to know how much they loved the brethren. Believers. And you can go back and search it. It jumped out at me to understand that God not only wants faith from my heart for him to respond to me, but he expects love for the brethren, all of them, all over the world. It's a joy for me on Sunday morning we come in here to pray. And many times I have to recall I'm not alone. There are people all over the world. The Arab world. The Orient. They are all my brothers. Some of them have been up while I was sleeping. Worshipping the Father. Now is my turn. I'm going to join them. It's a joy for me. To be a part of this great family. The family of God. And to love all my Christian brothers. And sisters. I heard of your faith. But I also heard of your love for the brethren. May that be your portion in Jesus' name. May you be known for your love for your Christian brothers and sisters. It's very important. They were speaking about it. Paul was away and he was hearing about their faith. But also their love for their Christian brothers. Please bear with me. I, there are no, there's no problem in our church. I'm just speaking the word of God. So sometimes you hear these people say, is there somebody in the church that's having a problem? No, that's not what I'm saying. We're not going there. I'm just saying that's what I want for our church. Amen. That's what I want. Love for brethren. No suspicion. It's so important. You make excuses for them. And then when you find it's wrong, you help. Not criticize. You correct. And in love. I had to stop there. It's so important that we understand this. We have to love our Christian brothers. He says, I never cease to give thanks for you. So that was something he looked for. Not only that they had faith, but they loved the brethren. And that helped him or moved him to the point where he was giving thanks because of their faith and their love. May that be your portion in Jesus' name, that somebody is giving thanks, not only because you truly have faith. You remember in, in, in um, Acts chapter 7, they were trying to choose leaders. He says they have to be men of faith. Men of faith, full of the Holy Spirit. But they were chosen. And I believe that this was part of it. Full of the Holy Spirit. How would you know? You can tell. I believe this is one way to know. Barnabas, 
Barnabas, full of the Holy Spirit. When people wouldn't accept Paul, may he was fighting for your enemy. Yeah, he's a good man. Please accept him. He says that God, I never cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ and Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. He wants you to know something by revelation. There are things that have been given to us, and some of it I've spoken to about tonight, what God has given to us. We need to know that. It says, and, and God is giving us ability to know this. His Holy Spirit. You know the truth, and this truth is what makes you free. In First Corinthians chapter two, verse nine, it says, "But as it is written, I has no sin, nor uh, nor hear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him." But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. The Spirit searches all things. Why is the Spirit searching? To make these things known to us. While we are on the earth. Because knowledge is what gives us the ability to live the way God wants us to live or not. That's the way it is. It's true revelation. God wants us to know. There is available to us so much power that God is giving to us. The resurrection power is available to us. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. That same power, I have to tell myself, this one man He rose from the dead 2,000 years ago. He's still alive. Science don't even try to go there. Let's investigate to see if this Jesus is still alive like the Christians say. Because if they investigate it, all of them will become Christians. Satan doesn't want them to go there. How can you make an incredible statement like that? That his grave is empty. That's where they buried him. People go there to see where he was buried. But he's not there. He's still alive till today. That same power that brought him from the grave, raised him from the grave, is available to us. Till this very day. Now I can see what Jesus said. To us, he says, behold, I give you power, that's Luke 10 verse 19, power, I give you authority to trample. Can you say the word trample? (laughs) I see most Christians. Trample on serpents and scorpions. Uh, Please don't go look for serpents and scorpions to be walking around. You're going to hurt. But he's talking about demonic forces. And what? Over all, how many? 
Because all has been put under your feet. All of it. Over all the power of the enemy. So we talked about the enemy. Sickness is also part of the enemy. Disease, that's part of the enemy. Want is also part of it. Because it causes pain, right? Over all the power of the enemy. The power of the enemy is what Satan is doing to make life difficult for us. And God says, I give you power over all the powers of the enemy. It's not just the enemy, but over his powers. The things he is able to do against your life, to diminish your life. God says, I give you authority over them. I give you authority over them. Dominion over them. The problem is, we came from the natural world. And we are used to talking certain ways. And we like to express how we really feel. (laughs) We walk by faith and not by feelings. God meant what he said. When you start talking about how you feel and how it is, this is it, this is reality, you don't know what reality is. Everything you see came from the spirit realm. Came from what you can't see. The world wasn't here. You can't see God, but the world came from God that you can't see. And that's the way God wants it, because it's a matter of faith. Faith created all things. All the signs follow you. To tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And Mark chapter 16 tells us, and these signs will follow those who believe. You don't follow them, they follow you. How many believers do we have here tonight? You are a believer? These signs follow you. If you're walking too fast, turn around and say, Science, you are kind of slow. Come on, catch up, catch up, catch up, Science. They follow you. You don't have to beg them to follow you. They have been commanded to follow you. So they follow you everywhere you go. Don't say you don't feel anything. It has nothing to do with feeling. When God commands it, so it will be. So it is. He commanded these things to follow. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt. It will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. Angel and I were watching a program uh, some years back, and this woman he married this pastor, and he kept giving what was the drug, arsenic. Or something to kill this man. He'll give, she'll put it in his drink. He'll drink it and get sick. And then he gets well again. And so she will increase the level. He'll get sick. And then he'll get well again. She says, man, what's going on? And she'll, finally she says, I'm going to take him out. She loaded that stuff. He got sick. Really sick. And they, put, they sent him to the hospital. And they couldn't find what was happening to him. But guess what? He got well again. Amen. She couldn't kill him. You know why? That man believed the scripture. If he drinks anything deadly, please don't go look for it to drink to prove that you are a Christian. (laughs) 
Thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. We will come and do, uh, conduct your funeral and say, he was a very good person. Amen. But if somebody is trying to destroy you, they're wasting their time. I see Christians praying against their enemies. Why should you even think about it? You're wasting your words praying about them against your enemies. They're not significant. Why should I waste my breath praying against enemies? That's silly. I remember I've said this here before. Went to this village. They said they have a demon that comes in form of light. And uh, the pastor said to me, he's going to be angry because you're going to be preaching gospel here. And the old villagers knew about this demon. And they were trying to make me afraid. He said, "Eh, Pastor, good luck. Oh, brother, good luck. You need to pray and we need to fast. I am not fasting for a demon. If anybody's going to fast, that demon should go fast because I'm here. And I remember after a few of those meetings, the school principal saying, Asking a, a large crowd, I have the video in my office, some of it. She asked, has anybody seen the demon since? Because it was several meetings. And they all shouted in the field. I was on the floor before going up to preach. They all said, no. And the woman said, we have driven him out of town. And I felt like dancing. We have the word. We have the authority. It was the same village. They told, me, they, told, they told me again there was a woman that was a witch. In my country, we fear witches. And they said that he sent a message to me. As soon as I arrived, I stepped down from the plane. This pastor was waiting for me and said, uh, Brother Goodluck, uh, a witch sent a message for you. He wants to be free. Back in our home, back home, it's like, oh my God, help me. And he said, uh, uh, the man is truly a witch. He's an elderly man. He's been a witch for a long time. So you should go and fast and pray. I said, I'm not doing that. I fasted and prayed in America before coming. I'm not going to be fasting. He's just a little demon. Yeah. And God freed him. God freed him. He came for prayer. You know, the blood of Jesus... Is your covering. The blood of Jesus is your covering. And you are a part of him. I can't resist by going to the scripture. That's uh, Isaiah chapter 8 verse 18. <coughs> Jesus speaking here. And that includes you. Because we are seated with him in heavenly places. And yet we are on the earth. You see those words in the scriptures. It's amazing. Because the scripture says in John, no man has seen the Father at any time. Except the Son. Who is in heaven. But he was talking on the earth. And I'm thinking, the Son, who is in heaven, but he's standing on the earth. Speaking. So we may not understand it. But in the mind of God, we are seated with him in heaven. Jesus said, this is Old Testament, here am I, 
and the children whom the Lord has given to me. How many know he's talking about you? Say, he's talking about me. Here am I, and the children whom the Lord has given me, we are for what? Signs and wonders. That's why there is no need to fast. Amen. There is a time to fast for my God, but not for a demon. Not for a demon. God allows us, we can put anointing oil in our, on our doors and all of that. Uh, most of the time, those demons don't care about those things. They just come in and do. But when you have faith and you have no fear, when you recognize you are the master, the demon says, he knows. My people perish for lack of knowledge. And you shall know the truth. The demons recognize when you know. And they don't bother you. Story about Smith Wigglesworth. The demon moved his bed into a corner of his room. And they said, Smith wo- o- opened his eyes. I guess God was showing him this. This demon moved his bed f- from one part of the room to another part of his room. And then he opened his eyes. And this demon was so proud of himself. He stood by there, making himself seen. And he standing there like, yeah, I did that to you. And Smith opened his eyes and looked. Oh, is you. He said, back. Move the bed back where you moved it from. And he had to do that. Some of these things we've read from the people that have been before us. I like reading those things. I saw a video of a man that they had cut off his ribs. It was hollow, hollow, kind of. You understand? Hold on. I saw you mentioned even search, search for it. A. E. Allen was praying for him. Completely hollow. You just, no bones here so that he could breathe. Breathe properly. That's what they said. And he put his hand, it's like flesh, you know, kind of. And after prayer, solid. You could, they were beating on his chest. It was back. The ribs were back strong. And I put my head down and I said, God, please open my eyes. I want to see more. It's amazing. This God that we serve, there's more to him. Amen? There's more to him. I'm going to close this time quickly. (laughs) Another one. It says Hebrews in one chapter, uh, Hebrews chapter one, verse 13. But to which of the angels has he said, as he ever said, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? God's never said, angels cannot sit there. And yet, he has made us to sit with him at his right hand. Angels are below us, according to the scriptures. The authority Jesus has, he has given to us. And we don't have any reason to be afraid. 
when we are afraid, we, what that means is we don't trust what he says anymore. And at that point, you are on your own. You got to figure it out yourself. Because you've put God aside. That's not your portion tonight. Stand up with me tonight. I pray that um, the word touched your heart tonight. I know what the, I know how the Holy Spirit works. I'm speaking, but He's speaking to you more than you're hearing, because you also have the Holy Spirit, and He's giving you truth more than what I'm talking to you about from my word. I know God's here today, and God's with you. I'd like you to see yourself the way God sees you. Two cannot walk together unless they are in agreement. Agree with God and stop castigating yourself and putting yourself down. Your words, in Malachi, he says, your words are stiff against me. I say this and you reply and it's the opposite. All we need to do is agree with him tonight. He has taken us somewhere. Amen. God's taking us somewhere. I need you to open your mind. Wherever God wants me to go, I want to go there. I want to serve God. And all these things are benefits for us. You can leave. Satan will tempt you with sickness and disease, but you don't have to be sickly. Amen? You don't have to be. Satan will test you, test you with want, but you don't have to stay there. God can always make a way through the wilderness. That's the God we serve. Would you raise your hands up to him tonight in surrender? The Bible says when we do that, I believe God lifts. He looks down at us. And he's going to bless us. And he's blessing you this night. I call you blessed. As a servant of God tonight, I feel very strongly to say to you, you are blessed. You are blessed people of God. And he loves you unconditionally. And every trouble that you think you're going through right now, God's taking your trouble over and he's going to kick that trouble out of your life. Don't own the trouble. Go against the the trouble because you have dominion. God has given you authority and dominion over those things. Don't focus on the problems. Focus on God because he is bigger. And he's made you bigger than that trouble. If he's making you sit with Jesus in heavenly places, everything is under your feet. If he's under your feet, you don't have to worry about something that's under your feet. Trample over it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, thank you for your people tonight. They, we are truly blessed. Your people are blessed. And we'll see all the manifestation of your goodness on our lives. Thank you, Lord, for your great mercy. Everyone sleeps peacefully tonight by the power of your spirit. Thank you, Lord. And have dreams, heavenly dreams. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you.